You're listening to 90.1 FM KPFT Houston. It is now time for Technology Bites. Listeners should be aware that the following program contains language and audio images which may be found disturbing and may not be suitable for your snotty-nosed little brat who probably cusses like a sailor behind your back anyway. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, welcome to Technology Bytes. What? What? These are not the bytes you're looking for. Mm. What's happening? I do not know what is happening. I'm sure there's something. This is. BSD style, Jay. <laughs> Free BSD. That was a little preview of the uh, HD2 channel right now, I think. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, tune into HD2 if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of think maybe we should just I like... Was, I was actually... Show, meanwhile. We'll, yeah. bring him, we'll bring them in later. Yeah. Meanwhile, we could just We could just simulcast it for a while. We could have... Like, that could be the bed music for the show tonight. Except Pete's on the same line. <laughs> Can we cross the streams? No. I don't think so. Okay. So it's an A B switch. 
Not an A and B. It's an Although a. I don't hear Pete say anything, so maybe he's not on. Hey. Maybe he's dialed into HD too. <laughs> he's jamming. Well, welcome to Technology Bites. I, I don't know. I thought Pete was going to be here. All right, welcome to Technology Bites. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. And he's Rudolph. And uh, well, Pete, we don't know where he is, but we've he's got... on a journey. Yeah, <laughs> Pete's on a journey. He's exploring things. He's checking out all the news, right? All the tech that you need to know. Right, the mellow lightning. <laughs> <laughs> but, and... but but be be careful. That was that was the mellow lightning, right? The mellow lightning, mm-hmm. not the yellow lightning. You say so. Oh, <laughs> I found out about that through that through uh, Jay Lee actually. Yeah, you We're did. Talking about that, I did. I didn't know what it was. I was like, no, that's the correct way to uh, to do you are. Yeah. Why are you apostrophe? I thought it was like a grammar thing. I didn't know there was anything else going on. Yeah. I also don't read anything. There's a there's a Twitter account. I think it's called Mature Donald Trump. I just read those and block out everything else. That's like what. They post sensible reactions to everything Trump does, but they respond like how maybe like Obama or someone like a, an adult might respond. Yeah, they're they're awesome. <laughs> it makes me feel good about our country. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what actually is going on. Here, there, let, so. let's see if Pete's back yet. Pete, you there? Hello. All right. Okay. Pete's on hiatus. All right. Well, welcome to Technology Bites. This is your final <laughs> final episode before we journey down fundraising road. And uh, come at you talking about dial the phone, mm-hmm. dial the phone, not and, with questions. And, and no, with with you know where we ask the questions like, what's your name? How much are you donating? You know, anything you'd like to say to the host of the show? <laughs> so yeah, fundraiser starts next week, and as you may have been aware here recently. We have changed the format of the show again, back to the original format, or kind of a... A loose a, version a, of the original. A hybrid of a the hybrid. original version. I thought we were just going to broadcast HD2 from now on. We're not doing that? I'm DJ Sun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to... We're, we're back to the kind of semi-old format where we're taking calls, and I will say... You know, based on a few emails and contacts we've had and some of the calls as well, it looks like somebody's already calling in, based on some of the feedback we've been getting, it sounds like we might be getting some new listeners. We might be people that, you know, like, hey, that theme song is pretty cool. Maybe well received. Maybe, maybe people are, you know, finding their way back. So we want to, you know, just give you a little heads up that the fundraiser's coming up here next week. You know, we've only got two episodes, which is great. You know, it's a lot better than three. Not as good as one, but it's better than three. So we have two fundraising episodes. We're going to be call, you know, calling upon you to uh, to call in next week and make a donation. If you want to do that ahead of time and go to kpft.org and hit the tip jar, please. If we have any money in we the welcome. kitty ahead uh, of the show where we have to raise money, we can Ow. apply that towards our our goal and and reduce the load on what we have to do. Uh, share the burden. Share the burden. So, uh, yeah. Potatoes. (laughs) So, but tonight, if you want to call in, the phone number is 713-526-5738, and you can be on the air with us if you like, talking about technology. What? what, What's the way that people interact with us? Oh, what are we doing now? We have the new thing. We have the first line, which is Groove House, which he just gets your name, and an extremely brief 
No, no, no. Go. He's talking about the uh, the vitals. Oh, the vitals. We're doing chat.geekradio.com now. We've got a new uh, a new chat system that's coming. We might be retiring the We're chat coding button. it ourselves. We're in the last few days of, uh, uh, I found of it. coding, and we're almost done. You found it? I wanted to see if Pete said something about why he wasn't around. Did he? This might be him calling no, but in. He, I think he's on now. Are you there, Pete? Yes, I am. Oh, right. Right. Can you hear, so you can hear me now? Yeah, we can yeah, hear you we, now. What we was were, going, what's we going were, on? We replaced you with HD2 for a while. <laughs> you were much more mellow. <laughs> no, I... I tried, I was trying, you know, the, the sound quality on the Google Hangouts thing is not, I don't, is not as much as it could be. And so I was trying, I was trying something different. I was trying FaceTime and the call thing worked. I could hear you guys. And I mean, it should be putting out sound, you know, when I spoke, it should have, you know, output the sound on your end the same way as, uh, as this works, but. No, it didn't. It did not work. And Maybe the FaceTime it, audio, audio output was set to the wrong output on on this um, computer. Yeah, yeah, maybe I would. Maybe I would check that, and maybe if only you I had already a, did check that. If only you had if a, only a I, feline technician to help you. Hmm. Now, what's going um, on here? <laughs> no, uh, no, wait a no, minute. The deal is, that, you know, I, I see. I actually tried the FaceTime thing earlier today. To see that it connected up and that it, you know, was working right and all that. Obviously, I couldn't speak to on the air, mm -hmm. but uh, everything, you know, it's 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 most of the way there, and so it's puzzling why it's not doing the output because everything is set. The only there's only one output on the machine that I call into, so it's not. And I checked, you know, Facebook or face not Facebook FaceTime. <laughs> FaceTime doesn't let you, you know, FaceTime doesn't really. The preference stuff and all that, it's it's more built into your it's not very high tech. How much does Zuckerberg system. pay you for that name drop? Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing. But, uh, yeah, about no, they, they don't let you choose they don't let you use uh, um, you know, they they don't give you the inputs and output stuff is all whatever is the main uh, inputs for your computer. So it's you know it on your Mac in this case obviously FaceTime is not a Windows thing. I'm just I'm on MeowSpace. So. Yeah, I'm still just imagining like, yeah, I opened up your, I opened up your, I opened up your computer and here's the problem this shiny oh this shiny look is oh oh let me get it. Have you tried napping on the computer? Let me just walk across your keyboard. <laughs> What the heck is food that? Time. Food time. <laughs> Are you rattling the food bowl or what? Get yeah, it. so yeah, so on. he'll go. Yeah, he's got a he's got a cow, and that was a cowbell. <laughs> Some milk for the kitten. <laughs> All right. You ever have one of those nights? And, uh, <laughs> right. We're having one now. The strangest sound in my house is always a big freaking deal, and so of course. <laughs> First it won't. First there's no sound, and then once I get connected up, then every every animal in the that, that is not in already locked up in the barn starts uh, starts going nuts. So Jay, what about the vitals? Mm -hmm. Visit us online at geek. geek what about geek, the vitals? Geek, geek, Geekradio.com. <laughs> They're tender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think you'd be able to script that? <laughs> 
You can visit us online at geekradio.com. That's our webpage. And it's not nearly as hilarious as this, what you're hearing right now. But it is just the stark, cold facts of the show. Like when the Geek Gathering is, the podcast, the links that Pete creates for the news and the segments, all that good stuff. So visit us online at geekradio.com. You can also use the contact uh, link there to send us a note if you want to contact us contact. during the show. <laughs> if you want to contact us during the show. And uh, you can uh, you can just hang out there. Go look at some old pictures from back when we were cool and relevant and stuff. Back when we used to make our goals. <laughs> hey, no hey, jinxy. We're going to make our goal tonight, which is to just have a good Zero. time and relax and talk technology in this balmy kind of... God, it was hot today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hot tomorrow. Nobody's on the nobody's on the IRC. Not, it's not IRC. Yeah, we've got to go populate <laughs> except, IRC again. Except me and virtual me. <laughs> And Ophelia. And Ophelia. Yeah. Are you talking about IRC or are you talking yeah. about the... Okay. I will take down your IRC domination from two-thirds to one-half. All right. So at any rate, you can visit us online there. You can call us if you want to be on the air with us tonight during the show, 713-526-573. We're always looking for interesting things to talk about if you want to discuss technology. You know, if you've got, you know, spyware, virus issues or something like that. We've got a whole page dedicated to that at geekradio.com. But if you want to talk to us about something interesting, you know, and, and challenging, that'll be fun. So we'll take your calls after we do the news segment. So that's what we're going to do next. You can uh, call in, but we're going to now go to Technology Bytes News Central in San Antonio in a thing we call InfoShot. So take it away, InfoShot. It's the Technology Bytes Info Shot. Technology news and commentary by Peter Hughes. Injected directly into your skull. Well, tonight we've got, uh, I guess it's it's a plenty of of malware and hackery. Um, then there's some kind of, there's some cool new stuff to kind of take the edge off. Uh, this one, a cyber sabotage program that wiped data from 30,000 computers at Saudi Arabia's National Oil Company in 2012 is back. And now it's able to target server-hosted virtual desktops. Isn't that nice? Uh, malware known as uh, Shamoon or DistTrack is part of a family of destructive programs known as Disk Wipers. I'm betting you can kind of get a picture of what, what this does. Um, similar tools were used in 2014 against Sony Pictures Entertainment in the U.S., and in 2013 against several banks and broadcasting organizations in South Korea. Uh, Shamoon was first observed during the 2012 cyber attack against Saudi Aramco. It spreads to other computers on a local network by using stolen credentials and then activates its disk wiping functionality on a pre-configured date. So the idea is it sits on your network and churns and, and you know makes its way around, and then at some point, you know, they pulled the, the, the preset date is reached um, and then boom. Uh, November last year, security researchers from Symantec reported finding a new version of Shamoon that had been used in a fresh wave of attacks against targets in Saudi Arabia. This version was configured to start overriding data on hard disks on Thursday, November 17th at 8.45 p.m. Um, local time in Saudi Arabia, shortly after most workers in the country started their weekend. So you can see they plan this um researchers from palo alto networks found yet another shamoon variant uh, different from the one seen by Symantec and likely used against a different target in saudi arabia uh the third version had a kill date 
of November 29th and contained hard-coded account credentials that were specific to the targeted organization, uh, according to the Palo Alto researchers in uh, a Monday blog post. Some of the credentials were for Windows domain accounts, but a few were default usernames and passwords for Huey Fusion Cloud, a, a virtual desktop infrastructure solution. Uh, you know, the, that's the ones where... Uh, um, they run multiple virtualized desktop installations inside a data center, and users access the virtual PCs from thin clients to make uh, you know, workstation management across different branches and offices easier. Another benefit of VDI solutions is that they create regular snapshots of these virtualized desktops so administrators can easily restore them to a known working state in case something goes wrong. The idea is, of course, if you can, if you're a manager, if you if you're controlling the desktop, if you have it in your data center, you can make sure it's backed up, and and uh, you know probably you can look at it a lot more closely without having to go out there uh, compared to on a desk. But uh, apparently, the attackers behind this latest Shimun campaign were aware that the targeted organization used that particular product and realized it wouldn't be just enough enough to just wipe virtual PCs using stolen Windows domain credentials. So it's starting, this is, uh, you know, the interesting back and forth between the attackers and the attacked um, continues. And um, unfortunately, I think the attacking side keeps evolving faster than the defensive side. Uh, another one, this one, uh, so, th so there's a Windows, you know, virtualized desktop thing. Um, here's one just in case, uh, in case Mac users were getting smug. I don't think I was, but, uh, people are getting, you know, maybe some Mac users are getting smug. There is a, um, you know, you may want to be careful if you have a Mac and you're surfing around the web. Um, for the past few weeks, people have been tricked into visiting a phony website embedded with malware that can freeze Macs, according to a report this week by the cybersecurity firm Malwarebytes. Uh, the new malware, which can be activated by visiting... I'll, I'm going to tell you the URL. I would suggest you not go there with your Mac. Uh, but the, the site is called safari-get.com. Uh, it can trigger two sets of actions depending on the version of the computer's operating system. Uh, in one case, the malware causes the computer's Apple email client to create a deluge of draft emails that contain the words warning virus detected in the email subject line. Although the emails don't get actually delivered to anyone, the sudden flood hogs the computer's resources, thus causing the computer to freeze. Uh, in the second case, the malware launches iTunes multiple times without closing it to the point where the application crashes, thereby also hogging additional resources from the computer. Uh, the two instances focus on using up all of the system's available resources, similar to how hackers use denial of service attacks on websites, bombarding a server with traffic until it crashes. Uh, the, the other thing is uh, the malware targeting Apple computers leaves a dummy message in either the email draft or in the iTunes player that tells people to call a fake Apple support number to fix the problem. Ooh. The report does not describe what happens when a person calls, but it's likely the criminals will charge a fee to unlock the computer under the false pretense that they are Apple employees. Uh, so far, this is not affecting iOS-based devices. Um, it seems similar to a Microsoft Windows-tailored version that hit PCs in November. Um, the, the Windows one, though, exploited a bug in the software language HTML5, uh, which is obviously on the growth end of what's being used to create websites. Uh, it caused browsers like Chrome and Firefox to display a fake help support web page that can't be closed. Uh, the malware also caused the computer to overload so that no other program can be opened 
and it instead also displayed a fake telephone number to call. So uh, um, obviously you want to be watching and make sure you don't get, I guess, sort of rickrolled to safariget.com if you're a Mac user. Um, so uh, um, obviously as, as more is heard on whatever's going on with this, we'll keep people informed. And then the last hackery story, and then we'll get to the like cool future technology stuff so that uh, um, people can, uh, you know, so you can feel better <laughs> instead of feeling hacked, you know, because, okay, so you decide, okay, I'm not going to surf the web because I'll freeze my Mac if I go to, to, to safariget.com. And, you know, if I use a virtualized desktop, that might get exploited. So, so I'll just hang out here outside and take a selfie. Uh, but uh, this article from uh, Mashable says that uh, if you like flash the peace sign, or maybe put you know wave at the camera when you take a selfie, um, you may be putting your personal data at risk if you come across a determined enough hacker. Uh, according to research from a team at Japan's National Institute of Informatics, cyber thieves can get your fingerprints from a photo in order to access your biometrically protected data. You know, for instance, the stuff secured on your iPhone. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, secured on your iPhone by a Touch ID, you know, which including, um, uh, including uh, you know, a lot of your accounts that you can open up using Touch ID as opposed to messing around with the password. Um, on the plus side, before you panic, it's technically – oh, goodness, sorry – um, my allergies, of course, now I'm sneezing. Uh, while it's technically possible, biometrics experts say there's no need to panic yet. Um, the, uh, th this mostly is for people who share lots of publicly accessible pictures. Um, using a set of photos taken by a camera placed about three meters away from a subject, the team was able to recreate the fingerprints accurately. So now you're going to have to have, like, finger condoms if you want to take selfies and um and have your fingers pointing at the uh um pointing at the camera or you could go for the cooler thing where instead of the peace sign where you point the the uh your fingerprint side of your fingers at it you can kind of go the like i'm so cool and hip and do the back side so it's your fingernails um but uh yeah it just uh uh fortunately it's not very easy to do but if there's lots of pictures, um, then they can generate the fingerprint, and then they have to get the actual device. So there is a sort of the two-step. It's not like they can uh, remotely uh, um, remotely get at your stuff with your fingerprint. But you know, as cameras as the cameras get better, and people are taking all these selfies, then then there are uh, things where we uh, make ourselves more vulnerable. Now the cool new stuff. Uh, it's all electric this time. Um, the two, 2017 Detroit Auto Show is going right now, or kicked off. And uh, the North American Car of the Year, that's not usually, you know, frankly, I mean, yeah, they, there's a lot of technology in cars, but it's not usually where the cutting edge is, and it's not usually something that dramatic. But um, at the Detroit Auto Show, the Chevy Bolt got the uh, North American Car of the Year award. Uh, the, it's, it's the, you know, it comes out this year. It's going to be out and available where people can actually buy it after all this hype, you know, leading up to it. Um, the bolts, the pricing for the bolt is not cheap, but you do get the, um, 
you know, there are like tax credits and stuff that could get that can lower the price. It's it's around forty thousand dollars before you pay any federal or state taxes. Um, the 2017 Bolt started arriving at California and Oregon dealerships last month with additional markets in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states seeing their first deliveries this winter. By the middle of the year, it'll be available everywhere. It's the Chevy's electric car that goes over 200 miles on a charge. So it even could work in Houston. So, um, but yeah, they've, they've got car of the year and, uh, you know, I'm ready to see enough around that somebody can actually, you know, that, that uh, you know, we can start hearing from people using them in the real world. And, and uh, you know, I think it'd be a positive thing. Obviously, we like electric cars on technology bikes like Tesla Model S's and such. Um, but seeing one that, that, like, normal humans can afford that um, does cool stuff, you know, that that uh, can that has a good range and all that, um, I, I'm ready for that to be on the market. So, and then the last one, this one's kind of interesting. Um, this is out of the UK um, and it's just, uh, they're, they're trying it out. Um, you know, the uh, a new project in the UK could see electric trains. That's not new. But the thing is, instead of having to hook it up to the main power grid, they're looking at running solar panels along the train tracks that then power the train system, um, you know, the, the generate that, that run power to the, to the tracks without, uh, without having to hook it up to the main grid. Uh, obviously, you know, you have you know, thousands of miles of track, there's open space next to it. And that's also kind of a pain, especially in remote locations to, to run the electricity out there. And that's, you know, expensive and so on. Uh, the Guardian reports that the Imperial College London has teamed up with climate change charity 1010 to look into using trackside solar panels to trap to power trains. As part of the project, researchers will investigate connecting solar panels directly to power lines that supply trains in an effort to bypass the larger power grid and more efficiently manage power demand from trains. Um, obviously, it's got worldwide commu- commercial applications if it works. Uh, Imperial College said if the research is successful, it would also open up thousands of new sites to small and medium-scale renewable developments by removing the need to connect to the grid. Uh, the Guardian notes that the uh, that state-owned network rail, this is in the UK, is already investing billions of dollars towards electrifying rails in the UK in an effort to get rid of polluting trains that run on diesel fuel. But if uh, you could add renewables, then um, they... Uh, uh, you know, first off, it makes it easier to run electric trains. You know, they, they wouldn't have to run diesel trains out in the uh, um, areas. And, you know, you get benefits of solar and the price and that kind of stuff. So that's the news. Okay. Well. <clears throat> Do we have callers lined up? We have a caller lined up. <laughs> we have a caller lined up. And it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a quick one, too. So 713-526-573. And if you want to be on the air with Technology Advice, discuss any of the stories that you heard during the info shot or bring up something else relevant and interesting, if you care to. 713-526-KPFT, because we are, once again, a call-in show for technology. All right. So Groove House has given us all the proper warnings and preparations for the call that's about to come. 
We'll see what happens here. So, Group House, yes. who do we have? All right, up first on the show, we're going to speak with Mike. Mike, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. Yeah, guys, appreciate you taking my, my call again. I called y'all last week about the, the malware I had about the on uh, the sites that you're not supposed to go to. And I did what y'all, what y'all told me to do. I went and uh, downloaded the, 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 the malware. But what I went and did also, I went and bought the two-year subscription to it. But my problem is I've I downloaded it, I went on and uh, let it do its thing. First, it tells me I've got 10 uh, infections, and then it uh, it stopped scanning for like eight hours. I mean, it's scanning for eight hours. and still got the same thing. Well, I said, man, something's got to happen to me. So I, I canceled, and then I ended up uh, rebooting it again, and it tells me I have 60 infections. And it did the same thing, and it scanned like um, – I'd say thirty-seven thousand things, and then it would it went on for. Are you nine. sure that you downloaded the right thing? Yeah, yeah, I, I bought that malware, the one that y'all had, the, the one that y'all. Well, are you sure? Buy the malware. Well, <laughs> are you sure that you? I mean, because when you go to the malware bytes page and download the program, they have the free version and the paid uh-huh. version, and they have a trial on the free version. And and but you want to make sure that let me go to my web page and see where that link gets you to because so when you're scanning does it actually say MBAM does it have the little blue uh, kind yeah of circular uh-huh. it logo? sure does oh yeah right. yeah it's got their it's got their logo and all that all right so you're saying it scans and it keeps finding stuff and you scan some more and it finds more stuff so right. it sounds like you've got a pretty uh, pretty good infection going on here. Um, so, unfortunately, when your computer does become completely infested with malware and spyware, it's not always easy to get rid of it. Right. So, something you might try is might try rebooting the computer into safe mode and then running a scan to see if that would get you there, because that might cause the computer to load up a little bit less than okay. you know how to do that. No, I sure don't. I'm, I'm computer illiterate. Okay, well, if you... uh. If, when the computer's starting up, you have an option right after the – Is it what brand is the computer? It's an HP. HP. So right after the HP splash screen and before the operating system loads, if you start tapping the F8 key, you'll get a, an option, uh, what they call selective startup. Okay. And one of the options is safe mode. It allows you to start the computer in safe mode. If you can't – if you just start tapping the F8 key, you know, right when you start up the computer – if you do it very slowly, just tap, 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 press the F8 key, uh-huh. um, and then it will it will eventually pop up a menu and give you that option. And then start it up into safe mode, and once you're loaded up into safe mode, then try running the scan and see if that helps. Okay, I'll do that. All righty. All right. I appreciate y'all's help, guys. All right, well, good luck, man. We're okay, man. Like, all right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right, so, yeah, you know, it seems like, you know, my heart goes out to people who have this kind of problem with their computer. Uh, it's very common spyware, and I, and I and I do resent sometimes that the show turns into not not just because you know it's repetitive and all that, which it is, but it's just as sad how much of this crud is out there. We're a reflection of the internet, really. In some ways, <laughs> in some ways, you know, we could do a whole show that was all spyware all the time, and and and. You know, just to have the conversation about spyware and malware and computer problems, there's a whole cottage industry that is built up around this. So there is very real 
uh, there are very real threats out there to your computer activity um, that exist. And then there are companies that not only, well, not companies, there are entities that create the malware. But there are also entities that create, you know, this, we're going to save you from the malware. We're going to save you from uh, from all these computers. Every once in a while, those could be the same companies. Yes. I would assume. Well, there was there was one piece of spyware that was, that was when I first discovered it, it as a Google redirect, and no anti-spyware program could find it and fix it until I ran Hitman Pro. And I was so convinced that early on that Hitman Pro must have created <laughs> this virus that only their their software could detect it. True, didn't pr- turn out to be true, but there are also these people like that call up, and I want to go ahead and put this out there because I think this is a valuable public service announcement. If anybody, if anything pops up on your screen saying you have a virus that you need to scan or you need to call a phone number, don't call that number. And if anybody calls you on the phone saying that we've detected your computer has a problem, don't let those people do anything to your computer. I had a had one of my coworkers call in this week um, and said, you know. I got this pop-up on my computer, and it said that I had a bunch of viruses and told me to call this number, and then he called the number, and uh, and he, he realized that once he let these people get on his computer that he probably shouldn't have done that, and then he got all paranoid, and this is where it gets a little strange, too, and I'm not, I, I you know, he, he needed to be reassured that he had done this on his personal computer, not his employee computer, so I had to reassure him that... Whatever they did to that, they probably didn't get access to the other computers on the network. It's not beyond the realm of feasibility, but chances are these people didn't get on his computer and then plant software that allowed that computer to serve as some kind of bot that infected all mm-hmm. these other computers. That, that could happen, but it's highly unlikely that that would happen. But he turned around, once he realized he had a problem, he went and called LifeLock, which is a a company that is identity theft protection and remediation. I yeah, believe. they're marketing themselves real heavily in the in the we're going to protect you from having your identity stolen, and they do have qualifiers that say you know we, nobody can prevent all of it. Blah blah blah. And I don't know exactly what they did, but it sounds like part of it might be a scare tactic because they they he signed up for their service and they went looking around and they told him that they found his email on the dark web. And then yeah. it had something on well, the dark web said that his password was exposed. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't Most know. people's are. I mean, with the, with the Yahoo losing all those accounts, and the, there are a number of sites where people will actually go call all the different email addresses that have been leaked out there, put them in a database, and let you type in and say, like, hey, am I out there? But, yeah, there's so many things that have been out there. Well, my point, as- my point on that was that, you know, if it was out there, if it did exist, it existed before this thing happened. Yeah. Because within 24 hours, it wasn't all of a sudden they got on his computer, got his email address, got his <laughs> password, and then published it to the dark web within 24 hours. It wouldn't be findable for a while. But no, that is stuff has probably the- been out there for a handful of years. By the time you hear that someone's been broken into, I mean, all these disclosures are coming, you know, handfuls of years after. And LifeLock's gotten in some trouble with legalities in the past. If you like Google LifeLock lawsuits and stuff, a whole bunch of stuff will pop up just because early on they made a lot of claims that you really can't possibly back up right you know you still can't i mean you know who's to say like lifelock is not going to make sure that someone's not putting a gas you know skimmer an atm skimmer there at the gas station i use they're not doing a lot of things like that they try to watch everything watch people apply for credit in your name watch things like that and be an early warning indicator but they can't really protect any you they can't protect you all the way around from someone trying to steal your identity yeah, there's no absolute protection against it. But it, but having the conversation with this guy after this had happened to him, it really, you know, p- 
pointed out in the, the caller that we just had, you know, once your computer does become compromised, um, there are tools that will help you lock it back down and regain control of the computer. But ultimately, I haven't found anything that you can run on your computer that says you are completely free of problems. You are completely in the clear now. So sometimes if you do really have a bad, bad, bad infection or a bad compromise, you're looking at possible, you know, having to restore your computer, you know, reinstall everything. And, you know, it's not a pleasant experience if you don't know what you're doing. It's not even always mm -hmm. a pleasant experience if you do know what you're mm -hmm. doing. But sometimes you just have to wipe out everything and kind of start over. Well, to put it in layman's terms, it's a lot like if you've ever driven an automobile that's been in a bad wreck. You know, they can kind of straighten it out and they can repair the frame and they can do certain things for you. But, you know, that's a lot what repairing, you know, a bad infection is like. They can come in and they'll do things, but sometimes it right. leaves things not quite the way they were before. It never you goes know? back to its original state. Never. Never. All right. Yeah, it seems like if you're going to go to not safe places, uh, you know, of course, the problem is the number of people who the people who realize they're going to not safe places and take precautions are, are, who are able to take precautions are, is a very small number versus the people who just go and, you know, take what happens. But, you know, it seems like setting up a virtual environment and using that to surf to places that are um, that that you're worried about, because then you can just, you know, save a snapshot of the virtual environment before you started and, wipe it out every time you've gone anywhere so you you can't you don't have an infection that way yeah, incognito or private browsing mode does not do what a lot of people think no, it does <laughs> i'm talking about virtual i'm talking about like oh, yeah, virtual yeah. Box oh no or, yeah well that's how you have to go you kind of have to go that far you know, to can swipe away the image stopping short of trying to in, in educate the public on how to surf the dark web safely <laughs> um i will say that there are plenty of payloads on 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 legitimate websites that deliver a, a hazardous payload because what happens is that you know whatever website cnn abc whatever commercial website sells advertising on their site and the advertising comes in a digital package so the the advertiser writes up the code and then sends it to the publication and the publication then embeds that into their website to deliver the advertising maybe it's direct maybe they're using like an ad service the publication doesn't even deal directly with the people that are creating the ads right. you know? but but whoever's job it is to vet that content may not know what they're doing they may not be aware that somebody's put in some malicious code there that affects you know the browsers that visit that site so you can certainly become compromised by visiting regular web, it used to be you could say, "Oh, you got mm -hmm. spyware. Shame on you, naughty boy." But now it's less. <laughs> it's not. It's a little more ambiguous. You could actually be doing normal stuff on the web. And, yep. And, Sad. Yeah. And and so you have to be careful. You have to watch out what you click on, and you got to treat everything with skepticism. But as we've seen uh, with the current state of political affairs here in the United States, people are, you know, susceptible to fake, whatever. Fake, I hate saying the word fake news, but fake news. So, you know, it, all the all the time that I spent leading up until the 2016 election where I talked about, you know, don't republish things that haven't been vetted. Go to Snopes and determine if that's true or not. And people say, well, you know, it's, even if it's not true, it's funny, so I'm going to put it out anyway. That's the same mentality that gets people... Elected. <laughs> Getting their computer infected with spyware or becoming the president of the United States. So, you know, it's all bad. you got to be careful. You need to treat everything with a healthy dose of skepticism. You know, chances are 
You know, in in the old adage, axiom, the old adage is true. If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. Mm -hmm. You know, just like all the phishing emails that try to get you to give up your bank account information, uh, websites are trying to say, hey, you've got a virus. We're going to fix it. They're probably not. Nobody, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good in the world and there are good people in the world. But for the most part on the Internet, most people are not interested in giving you something for free. or giving you, you know, money. So if anybody's trying to another thing uh, uh, to build on what Jay's saying, though, another thing that that uh, that's new that I meant to mention last week because I'm seeing it, I'm getting them, a lot of them myself. So I have a feeling that there are more people getting them. You know, there's a lot more sort of two part, two you know, two two factor authentication going on. You know, where you secure your Gmail account or your Apple ID or those kinds of things. And, um, you know, I want to warn our listeners, you've got to watch out. When you get one of those emails, when you get an email about something important, you need to confirm who it came from. And you can do that by looking at who the sending, what the sending email address was, often helps. Or a lot of the time you can check what the, what, if they send you a link, you can hover your mouse on it and it will show what the link is. And if it's not, you know, www.apple.com or google.com or whoever they're then, representing themselves at. Then you know, then you know there's a problem. I've been getting them I've, on Apple ID where it says, you know, you, you get those emails that say, you know, your Apple ID was used to sign on to a device, you know, an iPad or to a, a phone or whatever. That happens a lot, you know, I mean, especially when you're actually, you know, setting up a new device. But then when you get it at random, the the idea is they want to catch you where you think there's something going on. And so you click the link and go, no, this isn't me. There's some I'm going to stop that. I'm going to fight back against this crime because I'm going to turn them right in, you know, click the link and put in my info. And, yeah, they, they use my Apple ID and here's my password. And, and basically they're the it's they're tricking you to, to get your information. Well, there are a couple of toolkits out there. And SET is one if you want to look it up without saying the full thing. But um, there's within a couple of buttons, you can deploy a site that looks just like Google login or just like Facebook login or just like anything you want to, a number of banks. And that's always kind of the litmus test for like, where I see things going because that's there, there are a lot of like like I said fake Apple login scripts you can bring up something that looks just like the Apple two-factor authentication site with the click of a button and deploy it out to a site that isn't the Google site or isn't the Apple site and that's a very low-hanging fruit now you used to have to like go and scrape the site and make it look like the other site yourself but now it's it's one button away although it's it, the, the weakness is if you look at the links that are in the email if you don't just click the link by itself if you look at what the link where it goes to i'm not familiar with what outlook is doing nowadays but on like apple mail it'll put a little it puts a little arrow next to links and you can click on that and it will um it'll tell you what the url it's trying to go to they don't even bother i mean they don't even try to like make it look look like it's has anything to do with apple as far as the url it'll be just some random you know whatever dot com and um or even some of you know dot ru and some of that kind of stuff um, but they trust that people don't look. And a lot of, you know, I, I think the default now, a sad thing is the default now is on most web browsers, 
they don't show the URL up at the top anymore. You know, unless you tell it to show it as part of your, you know, what you select for your views, they don't show it. So it means that when you're surfing around, if you get directed off to somewhere that you think you're at, at one site and you're not, there's no address up at the top to tell you that you that you've been uh, tricked. All right, so uh, that'll be our spyware conversation for the for the <laughs> evening. Now, you know, just as always, be careful out there. There's there's bad stuff waiting for you, but there's also good stuff. But just be careful, and uh, and just treat everything that you see with at least a little bit of of circumspection, or if that's a word, circumspect. Be suspicious. That sure is. And Axiom might not have been that closed down a number of years ago. Oh yeah, I Rock. love the Axiom. Yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> Houston reference. But. Yeah, the thing is, don't call up. Don't call the person and act suspicious. There's enough evidence. If there's a problem, it, you should be able to see it from what you get on the email or what you get popped up in your and in on, your browser, frankly. And honestly, unless you're Neo from the Matrix, no one's going to be able to connect your phone number with your computer. That's very hard to do. Although, you know, I, whoa, wake up. Yeah. I got a uh, – this whoa. afternoon I got a text message uh, from some random number. Um, which sometimes happens because, you know, I'm signed up for like certain services through websites. And so they just use some random bank of phone numbers to send out automated text messages. But anyway, it knew my name and it knew a f name of a friend of mine and said that they shared a new chat request nine minutes ago to view it now. Reply with one. Hmm. So I was like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? So I, I replied to oh, <laughs> Wow, what's the worst that could possibly happen? So I replied with a one, and then it said, my name, and then it said, view the invite from blank, this person, and it provided a link. And so you decided to click it because what could, what could <laughs> possibly happen? So I was like, I'm not going to click on this link because there's there's definitely, you know, exploits for phones. Um. So I went on Google and I Google searched the domain name because I'd never heard of this domain name. And Turns nothing out. really comes up on this domain name. Um, nothing really comes up at all. And so I, I was kind of scared to actually like click on it because I didn't know what could possibly happen. Well, what, could, what could happen, yeah. Pretty much any OS and browser could possibly be hijacked or attacked by a nefarious link. Especially like this, where it's like a phishing, you know, text message. Come on, but you've already like replied, responded. So no. So then I sent one again <laughs> to see if it would keep Send sending me new messages with new links or something, mm -hmm. but it didn't reply again. It just did it that one time. They're on to you, being on to them. So then, just now, I was looking at it two. because I wanted to be able to read what the what it said. What the payload is, and hmm. and evidently, I accidentally clicked on the link. Uh oh! Uh, oh so it, accidentally. So it, so it did happen. So it so it loaded on my phone. Nice. So if you heard me like whimpering in the background there at some point, that's why during the conversation, that's why. Have you scanned your phone? Like or? I said earlier, <laughs> be careful out there, kids. So Flicky uh, wow. just loves this kind of stuff, though. He's so, the one that put a Twix in his USB slot. That's <laughs> running with scissors. It's fine. So I immediately like you know popped back out, and then I was like, no, but it's probably still loading in the background. <laughs> so I'm like, it. If it's downloading payload, I'm in trouble. Like it probably already downloaded it. Um, so I double I double clicked to see what apps were running, and and then I could see the page loaded, and it actually had a picture of that person on the page, like a profile, probably from a profile from Facebook or somewhere. But then it said 
it said something like, the pictures this person has sent to you are very private. Mm. Click here to download. So I don't think it actually injected payload. I think it was trying to get me to download something. But I was still paranoid, so I went ahead and turned clicked off anyway. my phone. Went ahead and then clicked it accidentally clicked the next I one. turned off my phone <laughs> to make sure that it wasn't loading it anymore. Uh, Defcon is on line one and would like to speak <laughs> to you. I wonder how much more of a target. I mean, does that make you at all more paranoid now that you have, you know, some goon ties and some whatever ties that people, take, just knowing you no. that you're in that thing might They're mess with you specifically? They're taking away goon creds. No. Really? No. Hmm. You should all chip in and get a burner phone just to mess with afflicted. I have a burner phone. No, we Is that we it? Who's telling you that's it? <laughs> What's your burner What's phone What's your burner here? phone now? Uh, my, yeah. my burner phone number is... Are you going to give it out on the air? 325-something. Yeah, yeah, 325-something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can figure it out from there. Just keep dialing. The irony is, if you spell out something, that's his real burner phone number. <laughs> Let's call. 1-800-CLICK-THIS. Now I want to click on this link again. Well, click it. <laughs> click it. Do it, man. Do it. At least it can happen. Do it. What if I give it to y'all and y'all click on it? Enter send it, it to Jay's phone. Don't your... send it to my phone. <laughs> I'm an accidental clicker from heck. Because, because the thing is, I'm like... <laughs> accidentally clicking left and right. Because now I'm wondering where this information came from. Can you send the had... link? Give me the link. Let's can you trace... send the link to, the e to an email? Okay, I'll give it to a real hacker. Give it to a real hacker. I'll give you the domain name. It's... This is social engineering us. He wants us to the, go to this. The internet. domain name is Hold up. instasocialmsg.com. Hold on. Like instantsocialmessaging.com, but, but it's, it's Insta. Instasocialmsg.com. It redirects to Yahoo. Who is now dead. Yahoo's going away. It redirects to Yahoo page. So Insta. Keep hackering. MSG. We're, we're giving keep that out of the air. No one else should probably go out there. Yeah. Let's go see what happens, though. Instasocialmsg.com. Yeah. It's a Yahoo thing. I-N-S-T-A-S-O-C-I-A-L-M-S-G.com. Yep. If you go there, it goes to, it redirects you to Yahoo. Interesting. So it's some kind of Yahoo chat thing. So it's some kind of Yahoo message. Do you have <laughs> it's your phone safe. number? Click it. Do you have your phone <laughs> number tied to your Yahoo account? I might. <laughs> Oh, you know, I might because this is this is so. This isn't my real phone number. Not this so is hackery. this is a Google Voice phone number. Not so number. hackery after all, okay. is it? Well, it's just comes, Google Voice the washes out. out. So the truth might be that this person's a Yahoo account got hacked. Yes. And then they were sending it out to their friend lists. It's possible, but the the, the only way to know is for you to click that link. <laughs> Come on, man! Come on, man! <laughs> for, right, the greater, right. for the greater good. I'm gonna click on it. No. Oh no! Defcon online too. Yes, they're taking away is. your goon creds. Do a who is who shows up? No, I up. did Panama, Panama, PA on the who is who is guard protected. Is what I'm getting. Can you get past that? See, that's not Yahoo. Y'all are very no. hackery. So, so, so the, so the main did you Yahoo, do it? Did you go to Instagram? So the, message? No, no, I'm not going there. I'm so just the pay, main I'm, Yahoo. Seriously, it goes to Yahoo. The main oh, Yahoo on. page okay, look. is a redirect. Let's tell that into. Yeah, Port did ADMC. you do it? Do it? Did you tell that into? Look, no, I'm doing that Look, here, here's 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 the link right here. Here's Insta message. All right, I've got it in the <laughs> all right, browser. All right, all right. Return. <laughs> Boom. On live. tune in for. See if it's a 301, 302 redirect or something. We tell that into port eighty. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, we're we're hackering. Apt get install telnet. Hang on one second. <laughs> What? I know. Well, you the city box. Telnet? I'm on a new box. Root wow. kit. 
Well, I'm going in from a Socrus, actually. So we're going in from super. We could do a segment while we hack stuff. hack away. Well, we actually coming. Up, okay, yeah. Well, let's take this call here real quick. Okay, let's take a call. Up next on the phone, we're going to speak with Larry. Larry, you're on the air, Technology Bites. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Happy to do it. Um, I had a question about solid state drives. Okay. Can you tell me how they work and why they're better than a regular? Well, I can tell you how they. I can't tell you exactly how they work because it's it's magic. We can tell you how they do it. It works a lot like RAM. We can tell you how it doesn't well, work. Well, let me, it let me yeah. Let me let me give you what uh, what I think might be the best layman's uh, description. So big, big pieces don't move. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's electrical circuitry in an SSD drive. There are no moving parts, so everything is read from what they call volatile. Memory. But electrons are moving. Right across <laughs> the circuits. Whereas a regular hard drive is a series of platters that are on a on a motor, they spin and there's actually like it's like a record player. I thought you were gonna say series of tubes. At series first. of tubes. No, <laughs> that's how you get on, the data. on a standard hard drive, it's a it's a disc. It's a it's a really rapidly spinning disc, and there's a read head that looks for data on the hard drive based on the file system. So it, there's an actual physical component where something has to move around and scrape the data off the drive to feed it to the to the CPU and the computer. So it's got the downside of being uh, all the physical moving parts, which can fail and do all the time fail, and it's limited by how fast that read head can scan the disk and know where to find the data that it's looking for to input. It's a lot more instantaneous when it's all, it's not instantaneous, but it's a lot faster on an SSD because it's all just neurons and electrons and things like that moving across (laughs) electrical circuits. Neutrons. 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 <laughs> not neurons. Pointer sisters. There might be a brain. brain. It's, like, it's like your brain. It, yeah. But anyway, does that does that make any sense? Yeah, somewhat. Somewhat. Why why has this come up for you? Well, uh, I've got one that's <coughs> uh, my regular hard drive, uh, one terabyte, and it's starting to hum. So I was looking online and went to hard drives at a certain site and it popped up and I was like, wait a minute, I haven't seen these before. So I didn't know. I just wanted to ask well, are, are they are they better or Yeah, worse? I think I think they are. Mm-hmm. The, the the downside to SSD is that they they come they they cost more. So buying a five hundred gig SSD drive is is significantly or not as significant. It was still more expensive than a five hundred gig standard hard drive. You get less I just look at it, pay the same amount but get a lot less storage. You know, 'cause you're not gonna buy the same amount in SSD as you might, you know, normal old school drive. You're not going to go get a six terabyte SSD, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But if you look at computers these days, the newer computers are coming with solid state drives as their primary drive, just as a matter of course. That's the standard deploy these days. And okay. and you could take you could take it like I know that a number of people that had older laptops with standard hard drives have. Mm-hmm. Now that the prices have come down on SSD, have upgraded to SSD, and they are realizing they're seeing a, a great uh, increase in performance. The computer's a lot; it boots faster, applications run faster because of the solid-state drive and the way that data is accessed from that hardware. And they're just more reliable because you've got less parts to crash. You know, right. you could bang it around and it'll. Still so when a hard drive camp. starts making noise, it's telling you that the motor's going out or some, something's getting out of alignment and data is getting corrupted or, or the drive is failing. And when it does fail, it's... Everything's gone. It's gone. Like you said, if it's humming, that's a pretty good indication that it's forgotten the words. 
<laughs> so you're probably losing data. Well, I've got an external USB one terabyte Seagate. Yeah. So copy oh, everything USB. over onto that quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm fixing to do. I'm just getting off work, but um, I'll transfer all that over. Since I've got that one terabyte, would I go ahead and pull the trigger and get a solid state, even if it is smaller than what I've got now? If it, yeah. it just depends on what you want to spend, and if you're looking for that, you know, that increased performance and reliability. I mean, yeah, regular hard drives are still fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the nice thing there's, can... there's nothing wrong with them. You could always get <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> get get an SSD. Don't get a huge one. You know, and put your operating system on that. Have use everything that move your, really quickly, disk, and yeah. then use that you know terabyte of other ex- outside storage as backup and to keep all your large for, files out for there. For line storage. Yeah, yeah. Flick is all fancy. Tier tier two storage. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks for your call. All right. So I did. A, I did. There's a website called redirect-checker.org, and I put that hmm. website in. Yeah. So I. I, I telnated to. I keep getting it, bad requests. So I, well, I telnated to it a few different ways, and um, if you so if you um, if you go to it, first of all, I got a bad bad request. Then I got mm-hmm. a bad request that said that it, you can't go straight to the IP because it's protected by Cloudflare. So mm-hmm. it's going through Cloudflare, Cloudflare, Cloudflare. Um, so then I I did a by hand did a 1.1 request with the host of that name. Mm-hmm. And it gave me back a 302 yes, that redirects found to Yahoo.com. Yes. Yeah. Yahoo is supposedly going away, though, so that's weird. So now I have to try to the whole URL instead yeah. of just, yeah. the, just the domain well, name. Well, could you put that into one of the redirect analysis? If you t- email me the link, I'll run it through the analysis and see what I can see. Analyzing. <laughs> Enhance. Analyzing. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> All right. Well, Anali- that- Anali- Analyze Anna, 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 Anna. How about a little, uh, no, never mind. All right. So we're going to get out of here, take a little break, and come back and with more Technology Bites, which is what you're listening to. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flickted. I'm Barrett. And he's Groomhouse. Back right after this. Monday, January 16th at 10 a.m., the Black Heritage Society invites you to come and experience the spirit of unity as we celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. at the 39th Annual Original MLK Parade in downtown Houston. The parade begins at Minute Maid Park off the corner of Texas and Hamilton and will showcase many of Houston's own marching bands, dance teams, and notable community figures. After the parade, join us at Lot C of Minute Maid Park for the first annual MLK Jr. Taste of Houston Festival. This family-friendly event features delicious food, live music, and tons of activities for everyone. This event is free to the general public. Parade and festival registration is still available online at www.blockheritagesociety.org or by phone at 713-236-1700. Get ready for a great day at the Black Heritage Society's original MLK Parade, licensed by the King Center in Atlanta, Georgia. KPFT, Houston. 
Thousands of you have heeded the call, but there's always room for more. You can find KPFT on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. From our latest updates to funny videos, contests, news, and more, you can find us anytime, day or night. We're at KPFT Houston on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We'd love to give you the latest. Plus, you're already on Facebook. Why not get behind the scenes of Houston's leader for independent music, arts, ideas, and culture right now? Again, find us at KPFT Houston on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. See you there. You are listening to KPFT Houston, which is supported in part by Houston Community College. HCC offers a wide variety of courses and degrees with affordable education for academic advancement, workforce training, career development, and lifelong learning. Enrollment at Houston Community College is currently open with a special registration event being held on January 14th, where prospective students can avoid long lines, apply for admission, and receive academic advisement. For more information on enrollment and programs, visit hccs.edu. You're listening to 90.1 FM, KPFT Houston. We now return to Technology Bytes. All right. Well, I just got a, an email that from somebody who contacted us via the website who says that they sent in quite a significant donation to Technology Bytes. Thank you. Ooh, and so awesome. we may be we may be up on the game when we start next week. I'll have to check with somebody in the Thank you very much for that. Are, but thank you to David who uh, who contacted me about that. All right. So when we when we parted ways with you a few minutes ago, we were self inflicting harm upon our devices by going to URLs of questionable intent. And I want to know is inflicted is inflicted re imaging. He's crying in the corner. <clears throat> He's huddled with his hoodie over him and crying. That looks like what kind of looks like a demo scene. What's the My Little Pony thing, Bronco style, that Flicted has on his screen? He's trying to get, he's grieving and he's trying to get, um, you know, relief from his My Little Pony photos. <laughs> so, so the beginning part of the story was we clicked on something, so what's the worst that can happen? Now we're now sending money to Nigeria, because what's the worst that can happen? Well, we might be rich. We, we may never be. have to fundraise again. <laughs> if, if, this, if these prints claims uh this you know unclaimed money claim is it has any legitimacy and i have no reason to doubt that it does we may not have to do any fundraising ever all right well 713-526-573 is the number to call i see a call coming in that's kind of awesome what we're going to do now is we're going to if we are you doing your own bumpers right now pete yes okay cool well let's bumper us into the next segment bye So, uh, got a few, a wide, a, a, a variety of Apple things. Um, this one is kind of fascinating, given all the news that was kind of dumping on. You know, obviously the AirPods did not um, go out well as far as they, um, you know, they were delayed and there there were technical difficulties, the whole thing. But since the AirPods have have launched. They have captured one quarter of wireless headphone spending since they launched. That is that is not a small thing to do in a short period of time um, since they came out. Basically, people are buying lots of people are buying AirPods, um, and fewer people are buying every other brand. Um, so it's kind of, although the, the sad part, Apple owns, you know, beats, I believe. And, uh, um, 
they lost that that was the one that that went down the most so i guess a lot of people who don't uh uh the apple just moved the money from one pocket to another but uh uh very you know so it'll be interesting to see how long it goes uh research suggests 80 suggests that 85 percent of shoppers who purchased airpods are male of which 35 percent are young millennials uh, female buyers tended to skew older, with 38% following the baby boomer generation. Um, that's based on that's based on a sampling of about 3,000 shoppers who purchased uh, between December 13th and December 31st. So it does. I, you know, I haven't seen uh, I, when I've I haven't been in too many uh, electronic stores, so I haven't seen where they're selling AirPods in person. Um, I was in a Best Buy recently, and I didn't see the, I didn't seek them out that much, but I did certainly didn't see them around. But uh, so apparently, people are willing to pay for it, and they like the you know. Uh, so far, we haven't heard a lot of complaints. So I uh, thought that one was interesting. In other news, that basically we've got so we've got the uh, the the Bluetooth headsets now on the iPad front. Um, this is an interesting rumor. Uh, um, Ming Ming Chi Kuo, the the guy to go to for Apple rumors has released a note stating that Apple will launch three new iPad models in 2017. Uh, the new iPad models coming out this year include second generation update to the 12.9 inch, the big iPad Pro uh, that was introduced first in 2015. He says there will be a brand new 10 or 10 and a half inch model with a narrow bezel uh, design as well as a budget-friendly 9.7-inch option. Uh, the larger high-end iPad pads will feature an A10X chip, while the lower-end iPad will arrive with an A9 processor. Uh, the A10X chip is a pumped-up version of the A10 chip that powers the iPhone 7. Uh, the A10X will be manufactured by Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, and the A9, which is the chip that's in the iPhone 6S, uh, is made by Samsung and will continue to be. Uh, Apple's new iPads are expected to be released in the spring and should be available for retail purchase between April and June. Uh, the iPad mini is not expected to be updated this year. So so the thing is, so if you're, you know, if your iPad is starting to reach the end of its life or you've been thinking about that you want a new one, it's not a, if, if you're not close, if it's not just like dead and you, need one because you know you need it for your work or whatever but if if it's open for you on deciding you may want to stretch until you get closer to that april to june time frame because it's only a few months and when the new ones come out that'll lower prices on existing ipads or when you spend your money on it you'll get the you know higher end performance and so on um compared to you know what you would get if you just buy today so uh, there's one to keep an eye on, and, and I'll watch that one as we go forward. But at least this isn't one of those rumors for this fall. So you know you either have to wait till April, or if the rumor is bogus, then then you know it'll be a long time before anything else changes. And lastly, um, iPhone 8 rumors. They're around. Um, it's the supply chain rumors that make things interesting. Uh, in the latest supply chain report, Apple is thought to be abandoning aluminum in favor of glass. For the next generation iPhones back and front. That's thought the company will use a stainless steel frame to hold together glass panels along the lines of the iPhone 4 design. Uh, the next generation iPhone is expected to abandon its conventional aluminum back cover design and will adopt a new design using two reinforced glass panes and a metal frame in the middle. 
The metal bezel will be made of stainless steel using a forging process to enhance its sturdiness and reduce costs and manufacturing time. Uh, the prospect of uh, mostly glass design was raised via a KGI research note last April, and there have been some reports that support it uh, from Foxconn as well as glass and other suppliers. Uh, Apple's also thought to be working towards embedding the home button and touch ID sensor into the display as opposed to in kind of the foot of it. Um, like they've done before. Uh, the popularity of the jet black iPhone 7 also provides evidence that a glossy black look would go down well with consumers. Uh, there's conflicting reports as to whether Apple will choose a curved screen or a flat-sided design like the iPhone 4 and 5 uh, and like the current iPhone SE. Some reports suggest that a curved screen might be offered only in a top-tier model. Uh, using glass as the primary material would potentially make long-distance wireless charging more practical which is a big feature that's been, you know, subject to rumors. Uh, finally, Apple's thought to be potentially working on a special 10th anniversary iPhone, uh, which it has done with some products in the past. The consensus view on Wall Street is that the iPhone 8 will generate a super cycle, exceeding sales of the first larger screen models, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. So uh, a lot going on on the phone front, especially given we're talking about a phone that will go on sale probably in late September of this year. And that's all the Apple news. That's your bite of the apple for tonight. La, 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 la. All right. So how are you doing there, uh, Flicker? You... He's so completely hackered out. It appears that in between the time that I accidentally clicked on the link earlier uh, in the show and now um, either Cloudflare or whoever they're hosted behind has terminated the account. Ah, because enough people have got the text. Tell them what the error message says. Tell them what the, the warning message says. Tell them what they've won. Tell them what they've won. <laughs> so, so what I did was I actually went in via uh, Telnet, and I Telneted by hand and, and put in the actual link I got, and I got a, a policy, a policy vi- violation uh, warning your account has been banned uh, HTML response page so at that point I decided probably they're they're redirecting their main page but all of the sub pages probably go to something else that they're, they're not a redirect so uh, so I went into a browser and just typed in a letter random string of letters and I got back the exact same page so I'm thinking that the entire site has now been Toyminated. Uh, yeah, account has been banned. All right. Somebody's working. Hmm. All right. Oop, somebody hung up. I guess they didn't want to be on the air with us after all. All right. 713-526-5738. 713-526-KPFT is the number to call if you'd like to be on the air with us here on Technology Bytes. Afflicted has avoided being hacked because he waited long enough to click on the link <laughs> for the, uh, the, the malicious account to be terminated. But, you know, kids, we're, we're trained professionals and, and kind of idiots, so don't try this at home. I wonder if there's like some kind of like um, that jackass show for geeks. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Technology bites. That's our new territory. We just, found our new angle. We're going to run headlong into things you shouldn't do with we're computers. We're just going to do them for you. Just do it for you, yeah. We're going to put get, the foil in the microwave. 
I'm gonna touch uh, this. New, I'm gonna okay. touch this capacitor in this TV. <laughs> lick this, flicked. <laughs> we're gonna have a new segment <laughs> called "Lick This, Flicked." <laughs> the new name of the show. The new name of the show is gonna be "What Does This Button Do?" <laughs> we're gonna. The name of the show is gonna change to "Magnets and CRTs." <laughs> oh, look at the pretty colors. <laughs> oh, that's shiny. All right. Yes, we can destroy. I'm just like a Firefly reference. Oh, ow. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, still make fun of the fireflies. Still painful. All right. So 713-526-573. And if you'd like to be on the air with us tonight, we are accepting calls at the number. That, whoever that was that was calling in earlier that gave up, we'll be happy to get your call in the queue if you want to call. We're not asking for money this week. We will be asking next week, so <clears throat> be prepared. <laughs> so if you get asked for money this week when you call, you've probably you got the wrong number. dialed the malware. <laughs> <laughs> we should find a way to send pop-ups to everyone's screens that listen to the show. If we could somehow transmit HTML via the airwaves. We need robo-dialers. Or we could have after when somebody, right after happy, they call dude. into the show, right or, after somebody calls into the show, we can have Groove House, you know, star 69 them. And I'm with Microsoft and I am here to help you with your problem. <laughs> I'm with Technology Bytes and uh, if you pay us $300, we will solve your computer problem. I want to mention, too, that when we get with the fundraiser is, you know, we talk about it lightly, but I want to give a good shout out to the fact that we are going to be doing the fundraiser starting next week. We've got two weeks of that. And any money we can get in the kitty ahead of time would be very, very beneficial to us when we go into fundraising. If we can be most of the way or all the way to our goal or even part of the way to the goal, that would be great. We could start the show next week. Uh, already up and then reach the goal hopefully readily and quickly and uh and our commitment as always is to do a normal show uh as soon as we reach the goal we don't have to get over the goal we don't worry about that if we reach the goal we stop doing fundraising that's our commitment so anything you can do to call in or not call in but go to the website at kpft.org and make a donation uh that will help us get to our goal that much quicker and i see that we already had some money come in so that's pretty cool and uh we hopefully will have some more of that happening go to kpft.org and make a donation pre-pledge drive and that'll put you in the special club of not having to click on malicious links what's going on with the phones What's going on with the microphone? Stranger danger. Stranger danger? <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying to run the front door. We're trying to run the show. I'm trying to answer phones. I'm trying to, uh, you know. You're taking on too much. I'm telling you. You only need to worry about what's in that room there. I know. And That's to a lesser extent, flicked. what's in this room that, over but that, here. Yeah, I know. But then they're calling in and... Now that he clicked the link, they know where we are. <laughs> That's right. They're, they're looking <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and, I guess, do another segment of the show. Here on Technology Bytes, okay. but if let me just give out the phone number one more time, 713-526-5738 if you'd like to be on the air with us. And take it away next slot. In the geek world, we hear about new gadgets and gizmos every day. But can they stand a dip in the snark tank? So, uh... Um, you know, this this type of segment, the nice part is, you know, if somebody calls and interrupts and it, it's not a big deal, you know. Mm. Uh, here's This one is really sort of cool. It's one of those that 
you can imagine it starting out as a joke. Um, this was at CES. It was kind of to, it's one of the coolest things I've seen. Although totally, you know, I think sort of unrealistic to be useful uh, for any price that any human could afford. Uh, it's from Razer. Uh, imagine a three-screen laptop, a triple-display laptop. Uh, building on the company's uh, Blade Pro chassis, it packs three 17.3-inch 4K screens into a form factor that's about the same as your average 17-inch gaming laptop. So it's not going to be a lightweight, you know, thin, but it's not going to be like a, a giant brick. Uh, the screens automatically deploy and lock into place on their aluminum hinges, while an NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1080 graphics processor and surround view support ensure it's ready to provide an immersive experience unlike anything you've seen in a portable. So see, if you have this then the middle seat in the airplane suddenly becomes a whole lot more fun because you put your laptop down on the tray, you pop it open, and your screen takes over the entire row. Uh, but actually, I mean, it is, it's is—it's—it's one of those that is cool, but it's kind of James Bond villain cool, which is meaning in real life, I don't know how useful that would be. But uh, it is pretty awesome, the three-screen setup for just with your laptop. And, and you know, you, you basically, if you're going to sit alone in a coffee shop and work, this would, look, this would look a lot less lame than, like, when you're staring into a tiny, like, phone screen with a keyboard, stuff like that. Hmm. You know, I don't know if you've seen the pictures. If you go to geekradio.com, we have links to all this stuff. And uh, when you click the link for the Razer Project Valerie triple display laptop, several of them got stolen. So let's say that you can CES. buy them right now, possibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're hot. Which, which is, I think, a sign of how much people would really like uh, like something like this, or at least some people would. No, I've been mean, having, you know, I, I guess people do game on laptops, so having a more immersive screen experience, that's a pretty cool looking thing. Um, one day I will have. I, I had two monitors for a while. I'm back down to one at, at, at my home office, but someday I'm going to... You know, things get light <clears> enough <throat> when, you know, we can carry fold-out three screen that's as light as, you know, like your MacBook Air or something that you're carrying. That's right. Good. I think whoever stole that's kind of silly because you can't just walk into a coffee shop and pull that out and people aren't going to be like, oh, that's that's <laughs> fine. I think the entire internet knows these things are missing at this point. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I could see if you were like a big sort of... A lot depends on how you work. If you were kind of the kind of road warrior that you travel a lot, so you're not working at your desk a lot, but you're also, but you still need kind of desk level, um, a desk level setup, taking something like this to have at your hotel, you know, if you're working in, in the afternoon or evening, or if you travel to different places and then you need, you still kind of need your full desktop setup. But, you know, how large a market is that? I don't think that's a, it's not a mass market. I, it's probably good that it's Razor as opposed to, you know, I, I don't think you would see something like this from Apple. Um, probably about the time anything like this becomes really feasible where lots of people would have it, um, then you'll have your, you know, VR glasses that you'll put on. and uh, uh, <laughs> They have not know. talked pricing at all yet, have they? Yeah, I think this pricing. is in the if you have to ask. Well, imagine three 4K screens. I mean, how much is a yeah, the right 4K there. laptops are all in the high end of the price price range, and these have to be pretty thin, you know. So, so I don't think it works for a laptop, but imagine the triple display iPhone. 
you pull it out of your pocket and two more 4K screens flip out next to your... Anyway. There's what? never too many screens, right? That may actually be a 4K screen. It may. Co- I'm guessing it's going to cost at least 4000 bucks just in screens. 1500 a pop. <laughs> so... So basically, it'll be the Mac Pro of laptops. <laughs> so Flicked let a stranger in, uh, and now he's got a best friend because he's like out there chatting. He's he's clicking on links. Just open up the door. Yeah, he's, he's disabling SC Linux, oh. turning the firewalls off. He's dangerous. Come on in. He just gave the guy a credit card. Oh my gosh! I think you have a liability uh, in the well, studio. So, so now on the now on the simpler, and although no price announced, but presumably a lot cheaper than a triple 4k laptop um the polaroid pop instant camera um it uh it's a it has a it's from polaroid apparently Uh, it has a 20 megapixel sensor image stabilization and a dual led flash for capturing images has built-in wi-fi and bluetooth and a big touch screen Uh, it shoots 1080p video and stores its images to a micro sd card uh, but most importantly, it is a Polaroid. It has a built-in printer that outputs <laughs> three by four inch images with the border, with the iconic border. It's kind of, I, I, you know, I don't know, is it sad or not that then basically the prints are smaller because they print the white border around it oh, wow. that you would have it was if it was actually a Polaroid. Uh, and it print, but it's the same size print as the models, you know, as the as the pictures you used to get back in the day. Uh, it can also serve as a wireless printer for your other gear, so that's uh, that actually could have some better use. Although, of course, I'm guessing it. I, you know, I hope if it acts as a printer, it doesn't make you just use the space where they can put the picture on a Polaroid. Hmm. But uh, um, that may actually be coming out. I, I think it says something about you know what the minimum standard now is for devices that we have, whether it's your phone or, or even just a, a, a sort of, this isn't a throwaway, but it's, you know, it's a pop instant camera. So it's not like serious heavy duty, you know, pro photographer is, you know, the list of features was the kind of thing that five years ago, that was like professional photographers only had that kind of stuff. The guys who were dropping, you know, four grand on a camera body, had this type of features. Not dropping a four grand camera body, Mm -hmm. Barrett. Gotcha. (laughs) Small. No dropping it dropping four grand on the camera body. Although I think an original an original I'm sorry, Pete. An original Polaroid still may win out in the overall timing contest because it says it takes a minute to print a three by four inch photo. How many shakes did the old Polaroids take? About thirty seconds or so? Like, waving them until the picture came in, or was it longer? I don't even think you actually had to shake them. Really? That was just. Uh, I think I was just like you know. Urban, really have to urban legend help drive things faster. Just a song lyric. No, that we were. Yeah, possibly. Outcast no, could be clouding my uh, my 1970s memories. No, I mean that that was everybody I know <laughs> that had did. a Polaroid camera. That's what you did. You shook the picture. But I'm sorry, Miss Cannon. It just gave you something. To, it just gave you something to do, <laughs> to do until the image developed. I think that's although yeah. remember remember how it developed you know yeah within a few seconds you started seeing something but it was like the worst progressive loading <laughs> ever you know, no, first it, it was, started it as it like was a buffering buffering it was magic it was like reverse Marty McFly and Back to the Future it's you know the way he disappeared he, he it came, came to came in that into way. existence. Except your like picture of your family, it started out as oh, it's a group of demons right now because they're orange faces and 
all distorted, and then eventually it fades into being. Jim on the uh, chat, which is at, by the way, is at chat.geekradio.com. Jim uh, said, you didn't shake them, but if it was cold, you had to put them in your armpit. Hmm. <laughs> so apparently if it was cold, they would. I, mean, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I don't have any reason to suspect he would lie to me because Jim is nothing but a fount of honesty and truth. But I never There's lived anywhere. Smelly pictures. I never really <laughs> lived anywhere cold. I mean, I, I think there was maybe one Polaroid picture taken uh, in, when it snowed, but I'm sure we went inside to look at it because it was so darn cold. No, <laughs> no armpits were. Needed. Polaroids from the Antarctic are very whiffy. I don't know why that would. Well, I, would some, of, <laughs> some of the shaking thing is if I if I remember right, the it was I think there was like sort of a chemical reservoir that was down in the. You know, in the picture that you got out, there was that wider, the bottom part was, was larger. And it seemed like that had like a, you know, packet or pouch or, you know, it had, it had where there was some of the stuff in it. And I wonder if the shaking was to make sure that all the, all the stuff that made the image work got out into the picture hmm. area. We didn't know. So in fact, shaking or waving can actually damage the mm -hmm. image because rapid movement during development can cause portions of the film to separate prematurely or can cause blobs in the picture. Yes, yeah, it's Polaroid words buyers not to shake it. Take that out, Cass. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Cannon. <laughs> he was a big Kodak fan. Well, somebody had called in. I saw there was a call in the queue uh, that they're gone now, but they wanted to talk digital cameras, which mm -hmm. I'm sad that call went away. That would have been a good one to have, but okay. If you want to be on the air, we got about a little over 30 minutes left in the show. Uh, 713 Or if you want to come down and be engineer of the show, you can Oh, you can man, so that. he's still stuck in the lobby? Yeah, he made a friend. <laughs> wow. Should we check on him? Is he okay? I did earlier. They were laughing and having fun, so I just left him alone. He's not getting into any <laughs> stranger's cars or... Not yet. Doing, oh. That's the first. First, you get the first text. Now, he, right now, he's pressing one and hitting send. Yeah. So we don't he's know. He's getting the payload, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is the person who wanted to share those private photos with him. I think so. Perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not really sure there. It's, or it's the live show. Oh, so well, okay. So next, uh, next try by or fry. Try by or um, fry. This one, not this. This one, not you know. I think. There, there may be some uh, real potential to. Uh, it's something you can pre-order. It's from a company called Motive, M O T or Motive, M O T I V. Um, how about for an activity tracker? Instead of wearing a bracelet, since that's not exactly common for people, uh, what about a ring? Um, activity tracker ring. Uh, you know, a lot of people wear a ring, and unlike a watch, you leave it on all the time. It's easier to, you know. It's easier to leave on when you're doing different activities. Uh, it sits on your finger instead of your wrist. Inside, it's assuming unassuming waterproof case is a trio of sensors that let it keep tabs on your heart rate, calories burned, active minutes, sleep duration, distance, and steps, all without pinging you every time you get an email. <laughs> it comes with both keychain and desk chargers, gets up to five days of battery life, and is available in, of course, rose gold... Um, or slate gray titanium for for the men out there, but uh, it's around a couple hundred bucks. So it's basically the same price as other activity trackers, a little bit higher than the norm than, than the average ones. But uh, um, if you didn't want to have the bracelet thing, then this might be a way you can track your activity. Okay. 
So kind of cool. You know, now Apple's going to announce one that goes with the watch. So you have to have the watch, the phone, the ring, the uh, other wristband for the arm that doesn't have the watch. And so next you'll turn around and you'll have spent $7,000 on Apple materials. The rings, kind of... the rings don't look too bad. They're kind of stylish. Now, if they would change colors depending on my mood, I think they'd have something. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. That's a new well, idea. Well, I've heard, I've heard rumors that there's one ring. All right. We've got our call back, so let's jump <laughs> We're going to jump on that. All uh, right. Groove House, who yes. do we have? Up next, we are going to kick it with Tom. Tom, you're on the Hello. air with Technology Bytes. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Great. I, I was the question about the camera. Right. What I was doing is I was looking at getting a nicer camera, and I did some backpacking, and I wanted to think about, you know, the new, whatever they are, the not an SLR interchangeable lens. But the other style, which is, I guess, the compact. The point-and-shoot, they call those. Yeah, point-and-shoots, yeah. And the one I was looking at, that it seems like that on the computer side of things, the quality comes from the sensor. Yeah. And that the... Well, it's a combination. The sensor is what resolves whatever comes through the lens, but you still need to have good lens quality to deliver the right. resolution and detail to the sensor. So it's a combination. Okay. Well, this the one I was looking at was a uh, Nikon that was called the RX10 II, and it had a 24 to 200 millimeter uh, zoom lens. And the thing I liked about it was, it's, I guess it's got the one inch size sensor or a 1.0. Is it a Nikon? Is it you mean the Sony RX10? Sony. I'm sorry, Sony. Thank you. Yes, Sony. Yeah. And um, and then it's and it's an f2.8. Um, whatever the rating for the amount of light all the way through from the uh, 24 all the way up to the 200. Well, I had wow. one. I had a, I had an early uh, version of the RX-10, which was, uh, I think it was, came from the Sony F828s and F27s. Uh, the zoom on that is, is, is okay. That's pretty good. It's a, uh, it's a little pricey, I think. Yeah, it's about $13.99. He, he says it's 2.8 all the way through the lens. Uh, that's pretty good. To have yeah, 200 millimeters at 2.8. And it's I would, I would, I, I'm not positive that it's. Uh, I, I'm wondering if it's uh, 24. I wonder if that's digital zoom. Then you get to uh, that. I think it was. It did have an optical on it. Okay. So, yeah, and it and it's a Zeiss lens. And, right. Um, but it just it looked like it, it just is such a. It shoots the raw that you all were talking about. You know, as far as just being mm. able to do that, it has a 4K video. The only thing I would I would stop short on that is uh, in is spending because it, it's like you said it's pricey. It looks like it is, but it's a it's a good looking compact little camera. With point and shoots, the more you pay, the better your images are going to be. That's true. I spent less than that and was not hundred percent happy with my images on a three hundred dollar digital camera. So I figured if I had dropped the money on a six, you know, a little bit more digital camera. I might have been happier with the photos. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, but I shoot. Now, now to be cl- yeah, 24 to 200 F2.8 all the way through. Wow. Uh, 24 to 600. No, I'm sorry. It's 24 to 6 on the RX-10. Two, well, no, the, oh, the, the there's RX-10 3. Yeah. There's, there's RX-10 several 3. versions of it. Yeah, already. the RX-10 2 is 24 to 200 uh, F2.8 all the way through. Um, 
I'm not sure on that. I think they're fudging that somehow I, I, on the aperture because you can't. I mean, they said they they said it all. I mean, they, they it was recyclants, and they you know it seemed to be the. Because I read through it oh, quite a bit because that seemed to. I mean, if you look at how much that lens would cost by itself on an SLR, you can't find a 24 to 200 f 28 mm-hmm. lens for amount. I don't believe. I don't think. I mean, it would seem to me if they could put that on a on a all in one. That they could sell a twenty-four to two hundred uh, two-point-eight lens separately, so I, I wonder about that. Uh, but that's not saying it's not still not a good good camera. The thing that I would stop short on is that if you're going to invest that kind of cash into a camera, is consider whether or not you'd want to divvy that up between a body and a really good, you know, me, you know, medium telephoto. But if lens. he's backpacking and traveling, he wants something small, compact, keep with him. That's true too. You might, you know, yeah, that's, okay. that's what I was thinking. Just to keep a single thing that I could just not have to fool with less less items. Well, I'm a I'm a huge Sony fan, and I can I can say that while I haven't researched the point and shoots in a long time. Uh, I'm real happy with their SLR and their mirrorless systems. I think they put out a great product, and I would say that chances are, if you're going to spend $1,200 on a on a Sony uh, point and shoot, it's probably going to be a really good camera. I mean, yeah. it's, going to, it's going to do all the stuff that it says that it does probably really well. Uh, it looks like uh, battery life is about 400 shots, so you may want to get an extra battery if you're backpacking, but. The, uh, the reviews on it look really good. It looks like a, it look looks like a reasonably good camera. Now it does the when you go to that zoom, the lens goes out a ways. It looks like so. Yeah, it, it does. It, it 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 snaps on out. And they but as you say, it's a pretty fast uh, autofocus, and it's got a um, like it's got slow motion down. To, Have you gone anywhere and put one in your hand just to see what it felt like? Over at the uh, you know the what's that that one nice camera store that's left over there on camera Alabama. exchange. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it, it felt it felt good. It was a version of that that was a little different, but it had the like a seven. It went up to a seventy-five millimeter, like a thirty-five to seventy-five millimeter. Yeah, and it it, it did feel real good. It felt solid, and it yeah. felt like it's something that we you could accommodate in your package. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it was. I think it was lower than what some of the other things I saw were. Well, and what what are you used to on your you know on your processing your pictures afterwards? Well, what programs do you use? Well, I, I know that uh, my well, I, I switched away. I used to use Lightroom, and okay. Lightroom's a really good program. There's nothing wrong with Lightroom at all. I think that's a it's an awesome uh, image processing software for managing raw files and converting them to JPEGs. Mm-hmm. And most of these cameras that shoot raw and JPEG, they'll shoot they'll shoot raw plus JPEG, so you can actually have both if you wanted to quickly get to a processed image that you could output for putting on the web or emailing. But uh, sometimes if you haven't shot raw before and you're getting used to that, you might want to shoot raw plus JPEG. But Lightroom is super intuitive and very nice program. I'm sure that's Groovehouse uses Lightroom. I use Lightroom. Uh, I recently switched to another program called DxO, which is uh, just a different image editing software. But I'm really really like it because of the features, but it's not as intuitive as, say, Lightroom is. Lightroom's got a really broad range of features that are really, really good. And I think if you subscribe, if you do the uh, if you do the Adobe uh, online thing where you can, there's a photographer's package which gets you uh, Lightroom 
and Photoshop. But you're paying for that every month. Ten dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. But it's a subscription-based service for $10 a month. But if you don't end up not liking the software, you can cancel your subscription. But you get all the new updates and all that stuff uh, in real time. And they're constantly pushing stuff out. Considering it's a – normally it's a few hundred dollars to buy the program Mm -hmm. outright. Yeah. And uh, it's another $100 each time you upgrade. So it's kind of a – give and take on how much that costs but you can certainly download a trial of lightroom before you go anywhere and see what you think well it just seems to be pretty amazing on what can be done after i just played around with a couple of things it was i don't trust any great in great picture i see anymore but well yeah they probably fixed it up (laughs) but well good well thank you so much i appreciate this has been a great show I, i listened to you all quite a bit and it was really fun to listen to you actually work with your associates problem and the other thing that was more entertaining, I think, than just about anything else I've heard so far. So, <laughs> Thank you. More, oh, thanks for that. Yeah, I like y'all being geeks. All yeah. right. Well, consider uh, considering paying that forward next week or the week after uh-huh. during the fundraiser. I, I will. I'm probably going to take it away from some of the other uh, liberal people and put it in with your show. <laughs> Perfect. We'll take it. We'll take it. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> What are we? What are we? There's Flicted. He's back. Hey, Flicted's hey, back. Flicted's I'm back. kidnapped. He snuck in here. It might not be Flicted. It could be a like a, a replicant. A replicant Flicted. A pod Flicted. Pod Flicted. Exactly. No, I am the Flicted. It's him. <laughs> Seems legit. <laughs> Just press one. What's the zipper on the back of his body running up and out? Of the- now I'm looking at this Flicted RX10 suit, right? now. It's the- a nice camera, Jay. It is. Looks like a nice camera. I'm wondering yeah. if I should like get that for Cynthia to replace her. Uh, See if they'll send you a, a review model. Yeah, hmm. Sony doesn't do that for me, I don't think. Tell them you're on Technology Bytes. That always works. We're the jackass <laughs> of technology. I'm actually uh, I'm trying to deb- I'm debating whether or not to uh, get into drones. Yeah, I have a Yeah, great. Huh? We can see every <laughs> angle of Houston from 100 feet up. I don't want to. You make wanna, a tiny world out of it. How about that? I don't want it from. I don't want it for Houston. <laughs> I want it for travel. Really? Where um, aren't drones like? <laughs> that's one. Um, that's one of your not permitted in a lot of these tourist places. I don't know. I mean, that's look into that sure. before you drop some money on a drone. I, I want to. Uh, well, it's it's also it adds to the weight of your package too. So, um, but the DJI's got this well, new one out that's super portable. Carry on, you know. Does he know DJ Chill? Huh? Does he know DJ Chill? No, <laughs> DJ Ice, DJ I. Oh, okay. Yes. She'll be here later. It's got the it's got the ones and twos and threes and fours for the propellers mm. or something. All right, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> That's BPM, not RPM. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. we want to see your aerial All views, right, well, Jay. You, you, you don't take uh, good enough pictures on the ground. You, you got to take them in the air now. Are Thanks. you? Ha- well, sorry, do you have an attitude towards <laughs> drone photography? Have you copped an attitude? I'm, I, I mean, I'm okay. copping. Huh? I'm copping. Yeah? Yeah. Is it just, I mean, I think you should be able to take drones to concerts. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> sneak it under your shake, uh-huh. sneak it under yeah. your shake your booty um, uh, costume. Three shots, no drones. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great to see, like, you know, like 274 drones surrounding the singer. Yeah, we don't need. You wouldn't even have to go to the show. Phone cameras, as your camera phone isn't enough. No, the camera. Now we have 
a Cam- camera drone phone. There you go. <laughs> like you can have a, a case for your phone that sprouts propellers. And now, <laughs> and if every time I drop my phone, it would sprout propellers and like you know save itself before it hit the cement. I'm pro that. Why don't they just stop making them out of glass? Yeah. yeah. Wow. My, my Revolution. <laughs> If you dropped your phone and it sprouted propellers, all that would mean is it would flop around on the ground and get smashed more. No, it would probably be like a peanut butter sandwich or like jelly on toast, and the propellers would propel it into the That's ground I'm strapping, even faster. I'm strapping buttered toast onto my phone. That's well, all technology. We, I never even thought well, about What you need to that. do is you need to strap a cat to a one cat side and buttered toast, and on the buttered other. toast to the other. I'll never have to recharge my phone again. <laughs> That was funny. Somebody replied to your uh, your pencilized picture with a very clever response on Facebook. Yay, Facebook. <laughs> Yay, Facebook. <laughs> Let's start talking about our Facebook that comments was, on the air. That was insightful, pretty, insightful Facebook comment. It was pretty hilariously <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Is that a Speed Racer thing? No. Who are those guys? It's the guys from the AHA Take On Me video. Mm-mm-mm. I got clever. <laughs> I got clever friends. <laughs> well, uh, here's something that's more try by or fry clever. Um, you know, the Apple Watch is kind of dorky. I mean, let's be honest. But, uh, <laughs> um, if I, if I, if I'm honest, the uh, but this for fifteen dollars, you can embrace the dorkiness of it, and it is a watch stand in the shape of a uh an old um the old original mac the the original one with the single floppy drive wow and what happens is when you set the watch down in the stand the screen of the watch becomes the screen of the little mini macintosh and so uh um it uh uh it's made from scratch-free silicone in a charming beige, of course. It has a hidden slot for routing the included charger and a recess to hold it in place. Uh, you slip your watch in through the top slot, and the watch's face becomes the screen of the Mac, acting as a bedside clock thanks to nightstand mode. Uh, it's only 15 bucks, so, you know, that you, could, that you can start taking back the nerdiness of your Apple Watch if you have one. Or got one. Uh, it doesn't say. I guess it, I. I don't know if it matters. You know. I mean, there's two sizes of watch, so I don't know if the stand is like works for both or not. But uh, um, beware. If you're if you're old enough that you had a well, and for fifteen bucks, you're not taking a huge gamble. I don't think. Um, which but, which uh, mo- which model uh, Mac is it? It's the it's the original Macintosh, the single mm, floppy drive, yeah. uh, um, nine inch screen. You know, the funny part is, I'm betting that watch though has a lot more horsepower and memory than mm-hmm. than uh, even the most tricked out is <laughs> Macintosh this, from those is days. Is the inside of the watch stand signed by all the people that made it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the inside of the watch is take yours apart. And see. <laughs> Press one, flicked. <laughs> just here here's this watch opening hammer and you can uh find the name find the name it's <laughs> it's a, a name for a lot of dance it's a one-way opener <laughs> uh and then i guess a final try buyer fry thing i found this one is like you know lucky kids these days they it's uh um the lego boost 
It's Legos, you know, Legos with motors are fun, but Lego Boost goes farther letting kids code their own creations. Uh, the core of the 800-piece kit is the Move Hub, a stud-covered brick with a built-in tilt sensor, which works with the combo color and distance sensor and interactive motor. Uh, with the companion app, kids use a simple coding language to make their creations move, work, and talk. They can create custom voice recordings for their creations, and once they get the hang of it, integrate the boost into nearly any Lego model. Hmm. Uh, the basic kit includes instructions for five models, including a robot, a cat, and a guitar, and will be arriving later this year. It's it's um, right around 160 bucks for for that one. You know, we dreamed of robots, but you you know you had they they were puppets or they were. Genie. Or they, or they, they had the same pattern where they move forward three steps, and then the doors on the chest of the robot opened, and the plastic blaster thing came out and went. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And then they always, and they always went back into the left. They always went back into the left, and then took off straight again. More Legos to step on. So, so now, now kids, kids nowadays can use Legos to build the robots that are going to take their jobs in the future before they're old enough to work. Isn't that cool? I wonder how this fits in with the Lego Mindstorms that's already out there. Is this like a kid version of it, like an easier version, or are they getting rid of uh, all the Mindstorm stuff? I don't know what the Mindstorm stuff oh, is. Oh, really? Lego Mindstorms? I thought Mindstorm stuff for... had been retired. Um, I thought it had too, but then I saw some at Fry's maybe less than a year ago. Was it as cool as the 101 electronics kit where you could build <laughs> They're also those the revival kits are coming back out again too. I've seen those around what? their little wire wrap yeah. kits they're coming back around like a lot of the Really? I see yeah, I, I think I don't know if it's just the hipster I'd thing build or a everyone, crystal radio with that. Thing. I saw that too and then uh, even I don't know if you remember the spiral graphs those things it's 50th anniversary of that yeah. too. That's all those toys from you know the 70s are coming back again. The chemistry kits with the really dangerous stuff. They don't sell those anymore. They came with mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Push that that around in the garage. Oh, that was cool. Mercury was cool. (laughs) It It never didn't stick to you at all. Uh uh. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember it. Quicksilver's fine. Sorry, I I remember a a luncheon in middle school where some kid was playing with mercury on the table. You know, it breaks up into the dots and then you can put it back together and. (laughs) I don't know whatever happened to him, but <laughs> eating a sandwich. In I know between. I, I. I know I fortunately yeah. did not touch or play with the mercury. Too bad. Could have been a superhero <laughs> <laughs> or a Terminator. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so now kids can do robotics and use their iPads to control them. So that's with Lego stuff. That's pretty. Uh, um, that's pretty fairly awesome. But uh, so yeah. yeah, that's all the tribar fry I've got for tonight. Yeah, uh, I just checked so mine. Did anybody get a chance to see Hidden Figures, the movie, uh, the NASA movie? Not yet. Not I know yet. that it it took first. It, it tied with um, it tied with Rogue One for number one movie for the weekend. So that's I I think that's really completely awesome that, that people are cool. interested in the deeper parts of uh, of of our of our space program like that. I'm waiting for the Ray Kroc movie. Mm. <laughs> the McDonald's. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> they made a movie about a guy that took over a chain that made a chain out of a restaurant. Is it called and the, then the sequel yes. where the guy the yes. sequel where the guy comes up with the Big Mac and then I I don't know. <laughs> Eventually I think the 
a nine. They've gotten George Lucas to do a <laughs> nine movie treatment. Oh man! And the final movie is when they d- decide to have breakfast all day. <laughs> breakfast with Jar Jar. Kind of spoilers. Spoilers. But, uh, yeah, when they serve breakfast all all day. All right, seven one three five two six five seven three. Man, I'm hungry now. Breakfast all day. It's Michael Keaton doing that. That's right. Yeah, that's the Michael Keaton of Beetlejuice and Mr. Mom and Gung Ho fame. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Birdman, they could, Batman, they could, all those. They could probably Birdman, do right, Batman, 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 McDonald's, they could Ronald. Probably do a, uh, <laughs> uh, a po- apocryphal show, a spinoff show about the how they decided what five shapes to use for the the chicken nuggets <laughs> it's a separate movie that'll be for the kid that'll be the saturday morning cartoon that'll be the rogue one of the mcdonald's story it'll be the saturday morning cartoon they'll do it anime style it'll be sort of some kind of voltron thing and i'll form the odd puzzle shaped fifth piece or it's like the if you've seen the oa the five motions which i don't think gives away any kind of <laughs> Spoilers. Has that contact no. movie come out yet? The alien, one with the aliens. The I think it came and went. The eggs. I think it's been through the. Yeah. It's already done. I think. Did you so. go see it? I Weren't you excited it. about I re- it? I was. I read the uh, short story instead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Save fifteen bucks. <laughs> no, it's not called contact though. What's no, the it's name? Not no, it's not. That's, it's what's, not. what's it called? <laughs> Arrival? Arrival. Arrival. Yeah. Might be able to rent it. it might check be your red box. It might be available check your McDonald's. Rent. It's still check playing in red theaters, box. it looks like. Okay. Dollar store. I was wondering theater. if you had gone seen it because the, the, you were so excited about it when you saw the preview. Yeah, I ended up reading the short story. Was it good? Yeah, it was. Do you think it may, the movie could translate or there would be Probably. No way. I heard it did. I heard it. And yeah. we got the sequel to... Uh, he just... Yeah, he just read the short story and he's saving his money for the the uh, Prometheus sequel. He likes his aliens <laughs> violent and brutal. That's right. Not not trying to communicate with us. Did Ford, Forrest uh, Whitaker have a more meaningful role than he did in uh, Rogue One? It looks like he's in Arrival too. Is he in Arrival? Yeah. His his role in Rogue they're, One was sad, sadly disappointing. Probably he was making time for his work in uh, Arrival. Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe he just happened to be around. This here, wear this. Go in that cave, or whatever that was. <laughs> Space <laughs> movie. I'm doing one of those. Well, they're, doing, they're like, they're like, how big is your chest? <laughs> Measure him. <laughs> yeah, the, the puppet will fit. <laughs> All right. Chest burster. Although now they have. Well, didn't the trailer have what was it? A head burster or something? I think. Oh, the one for the new Alien movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it was different. It, it wasn't the same kind of uh, burster as in the in the aliens. Uh, uh, Alien Covenant. <laughs> All right, Groove House. I see yes, that he's call. not here. Yes, we do. He knows everything. Oh man! All right, this could be a good call, maybe. Yeah. All right. So, who do we have on the phone? <laughs> All right, uh, returning caller. We got Paul. Paul, you're on the air with Technology Bite. Hello. How you doing? Good. <laughs> All right. I talked to you two weeks ago on Wednesday. Yeah, now, that's when we're on the air on Wednesdays. So. Yeah. Wasn't if you called Thursday. I don't know what day it was. I have no idea. <laughs> it's okay. I'm close, right? <laughs> anyway, y'all, y'all brought up the movie, The uh, Hidden Figures, right? Yeah. The three mathematicians and the women, right? Yeah. 
Slide rules. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard y'all say that. I said, I got to call them. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And then, all right, see, and then I'm talking about, all right, now I know different places where I can buy some, you know, et cetera. And it's not, you can't buy one, you have to buy a series. Because, you know, one's for this, one's for that, one's for a trade, one's for this, one's for calculus, et cetera, right? Right. Different slide rules for different jobs. Exactly. And I didn't know there, there was a damn, there, there's a slide rule museum someplace. <laughs> Really? Do you have tickets to go there? No, I don't know. Why not? In Illinois, Indiana, I have no idea. It's sold out way in advance. It's bigger than Hamilton. <laughs> it's logarithmic. <laughs> Seriously. I know somebody told me she got on her smartphone. I don't have that. Y'all no, have you that. No, you know, you can't look at the Internet with a slide rule. <laughs> no, no, no. A friend of mine, you know, she, she, got, she had the smartphone, and she got this, and she said, yeah, and they have the museum for all that crap. Yeah, and I said, okay, yeah, I don't know where it is, Illinois, Indiana. I don't know. Bring up Google Maps. I oh wait, you can't that. do that on a slide rule. <laughs> anyway, all right. all right. Now, once again, the the like in the movie, and I saw some things about you know small things about John Glenn said, okay, we have the computers. I don't really trust them. Computers back then? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because right. Well, that, yeah, that was the point of the whole movie was uh, because they had to have somebody check the math on the computers because yeah. they couldn't be sure wow. they were getting the right answer. Right. Yeah. Can't trust the machines. Let's get a woman to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. So is the movie two hours of people doing slide rule calculations? Or Have you seen the movie yet? No, I haven't. All right. And, well, ain't that a bitch? I bet you there's some slide. I bet you, I bet you there's some slide ruling going on. You okay. Should. All right. All right. Th- I thanks for your call. Appreciate you. it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Slide rulemuseum.com you should really? go yeah and actually don't be careful though you should go if you want to i know we're asking Spell for donations right. too it's slide rule museum just as you would think anyway, no. are they asking for donations they're too? asking yeah because otherwise Wait, they might give... have to go to a subscription site and i don't really want to have to you know pay to uh, see the slide my, rule. My national slide rule museum subscription well you know you, it. it used to be that anytime you want to look at slide rules on the internet you had to pay but there's a lot of free slide rule sites now <laughs> well, well you know they used, used to have to... slide rule magazines but then the internet destroyed that i used to have one in a junk drawer i would just open the junk drawer there was a slide rule well i got i i, I, I wasn't old enough to buy slide rule magazines <laughs> So Kept them under to, your bed. I had, to, I had to get them from my big brother. <laughs> Hand me down. If they don't, <laughs> Those are never if they good. Don't, if they don't get enough donations, then they'll have to disappear into the dork web. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, mom, no, mom, it's okay. It's just a protractor. <laughs> The hand-me-down slide rules never how slid did, smoothly. How did you learn? How did you learn to do this problem? I learned it by watching you. I don't trust slide rules. Yeah. I, I don't trust anything after the abacus. Really. I like I like calculators. Napier's bones for me, man. Yeah. That's a, the thing I've discovered. I had, a, I had a HP 41C calculator in high school. I had to work for most of a summer to pay for that bad boy. Hey, a while over back the- during the notification of Cynthia, Barrett came over to the house and gave Cynthia a scientific calculator. Yeah, yeah, because she said she'd never had one before. Can she spell shell oil? <laughs> no, but she can spell, yeah. <laughs> Upside down, of Did course. Did y'all show her how to do that on the calculator? 
Because that has to. I don't know that's figured, part of the nerding. That's true. I need to give her that and say, "Here, spell shell oil and boobies." <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, you can do didn't it. there used to be a whole? There was a whole math. Oh, there was a whole math problem where you spelled the stuff in, and the end result was shell oil. You know, you put in the number, and it spelled one word, and then you minus some other number, and then it did or times some other number, and it was shell oil. <laughs> I was happy when I figured out that you could. That you could do hello, uh, but without the O. How do you get the uh, smaller? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Ooh, cursing. The first first digital curse word for, for afflicted was a, a scientific calculator spelling hello without an O. Wow. Wow. I had a TI-60. Yeah, you had to get something that wouldn't show the, uh, the leading zero, huh? Or no? Because that's upside down? Yeah. Well, upside down. If you needed the zero, you just put a put up the um period period yeah then you got zero point whatever mm. hello the nerding lionel richie <laughs> hello is it yeah, my... you're looking for <laughs> <laughs> my hp calculator was alphanumeric that was extra cool reverse polar citation rpn rpn yeah i did rpn i had a lot of friends that had a lot of friends that had yeah that had um 48 gx's 20 8C or something. I don't remember. It was the big calculator when I was in college, and a lot of my friends had them. But I just I stuck with that TI-60, and I managed to graduate. I think <laughs> All I, was, I know I is math is hard, and those calculators didn't make it seem any easier. Sure didn't. I uh, the one place where it made them made it seem easier is it had it was programmable and had storage <laughs> registers. You put the notes. Numeric. Put your notes in it. So you put a formula. You could put the occasional formula in there. Sweet teeter. Uh, not that I'm, I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Fake degree. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. I think if my clock's in age. The music next week. So. If my calculations are correct. Slide rule, slide rule. When this, <laughs> show, hits, when this show hits 21.56.30, you're going to hear some serious outro music. <laughs> All right, well, I want to thank everyone for participating in the show tonight, either by listening, calling in, or going to the web and making a pledge. We will be doing our fundraiser next week. By the way, the last the Geek Gathering last week was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. So thanks to everyone who cold? came out for that. Or we were it, inside. We were inside because uh-huh. it was cold outside. <laughs> Baby. All right. So anyway, you've been listening to Technology Bytes. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. And he's Proofhouse. See you next week. KPFT has a fun drive coming up, and we need your help to make it a success. Our phone volunteer trainings are coming up, and we could really use your help. You'll meet KPFT listeners just like you and help this community radio station. Your efforts make a difference, 
and can make this a fun, fast, and successful drive. We hold phone volunteer training regularly to accommodate all kinds of schedules. Visit kpft.org for a complete list of training dates. If you are a seasoned phone volunteer, call 713-526-4000 to sign up for a volunteer shift. You are tuned into Pacifica Radio, kpft.org, twitter.com backslash kpft, facebook.com backslash kpft Houston. Companies will match gifts made to nonprofit organizations. A matching gift from your company will help KPFT preserve independent music, arts, news, and views for generations to enjoy. Just make a gift to KPFT this hour at kpft.org. Then contact your Human Resources Office for eligibility requirements and to obtain a matching gift form. Many companies match the gifts of retirees, spouses, and surviving spouses, too. Just fill out the employee portion of the form completely and send the form to KPFT, Attention Matching Gifts, 419 Levitt Boulevard, Houston, Texas, 77006. Your gift to KPFT could double if your company has a matching gift program. Your help makes a difference. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston, kpft.org worldwide.